Welcome to another episode of the Wholesale Elite Podcast. I am Aisham Hipsher, and I am here with my main man, my side dude, Tanner Santucci. And we are joined by none other than, look, before I even say this gentleman's name, for anyone who's who's not watching, I want this to be a, a bit of a surprise because um, this is a person who I have come to um just grow really familiar with and he's the guy that's setting the bar that I'm going after for real. Like, like this guy just, just to, to consider him a peer is, is to me, um, it's really cool. It's, it's, I'm in a great position in life where I, where I can be friends with people like this. But so today on the show, we have none other than Mr. John Galan. How are you, sir? Bro, thank you for that introduction, man. That was, that was beautiful. Um, I appreciate you guys having me on here. So thank you for, for asking me to come on. This is, this is an honor. For any of you living under a rock and, and you don't know John Galan, John's crushing it uh, in wholesaling. He's got a phenomenal story in it, and I can't wait to uh, dig into it a little more. But more specifically, you know, on our, on our podcast, we like to go mindset, man. You know, so we're not going to talk about a lot of strategies and things on you know, how to do wholesaling because there's plenty of that kind of stuff out there. You know, we want to get to them. The nuts and bolts, the, the, the most important stuff, you know, to me, in my opinion, um, which is, you know, what's in between your ears. And so um, before we dive too deep into the mindset, John, could you give us a little bit of, uh, you know, origin story? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm, my name is John Galan, as I should said. I'm originally from Staten Island and now I live in Manhattan and I'm wholesaling virtually in the Tampa Bay market. Uh, <clears throat> I started college off as an art major decided and realized shortly I wasn't going to make any money from that. So switched my major to accounting because I liked math and I thought accounting was actually math when it's all concepts. Uh, like I had a teacher in accounting that was just one of those like three teachers that changed your life. So I fell in love with accounting because I fell in love with, the, I fell in love with like my teacher and the way he like made me be the best that I could be, especially in, in his, in his class. Graduated college, no internships or anything because I had the first year and a half of college as an art major. Decided to just take the CPA exam, took that, passed that. Then I went to work at a tax recruiting firm. From there, I got my job as an, as an accountant for four years. I was a CPA doing taxes and audits and all that fun stuff. And uh, then I just started listening, uh, watching like when I was doing tax returns, where are all these rich people making their money and 90% of them were from real estate. So I figured there might be something there. Started diving down the rabbit hole, reading books, listening to podcasts like Bigger Pockets, and uh, not taking any action. So that went on for about like two and a half years or so. So I eventually ran into a Pace Morby podcast on Bigger Pockets, went down Pace Morby's rabbit hole, joined his free Facebook group. And then the day after, they posted Jamil Damji's Secret Agent Challenge 1.0. I have no idea who Jamil was. I had no idea what Astro was. I was like, let me just listen to it. Let me be an action taker and start listening to stuff some more. <laughs> so I uh, listened to it and they had like the sweepstakes to join uh, and fly down to Arizona to meet Ryan Zolan, Pace Morby, uh, Jamil Damji. So I was like, let me let me join the sweepstakes. I'm going to get chosen. Next thing I know, I'm on the call with Astro and they're asking me how I want to pay for the for the um, course. I'm like, uh, what do you mean? I thought this was the sweepstakes to get flown out to Arizona. But there was something in me that was like kind of like telling me like, take the course, go into the course, like deep down, like, like intuition. And like my gut was telling me, dude, you want to do that. Like, you know, when like your whole, 
life kind of flashes before your eyes just in like a split second. And I, my my brain went down like, how the hell did I get here? And I thought <laughs> back how I switched. And everything I just told you from art to all the way to getting my job to the podcast, all that, I figured how did I get from here to there? And I was like, this is not a coincidence because everything that happened in my life literally brought me to this, this, this point of me making this decision. And I was like, I got to do this. So I said, you guys take payment plans. And they said, yep. So I, I joined Astro. Uh, I joined Astro end of December of 2021. My first time I actually took action was January 24th of 22 and um, got my first deal done at the end of tax season. I said I wanted to get it done during tax season and I got it done on April 15th. And then Jamil shaved my beard on stage at Clever Summit. <laughs> I heard a lot about this beard shaving thing. Yeah. So that, How did that happen? What, what was the deal there? On a Tuesday call, I said, hey, man, I'm not shaving my beard until I get my first deal done. And I didn't. And then he goes, if you get your beard, if you get your first deal on Wholesale Hotline, they almost bought a deal for me, Pace and, and Jamil. And they said, if we get this done, we're going to bring him on stage and we're going to shave his beard because I get it done before tax season or before Clever Summit. So then um, that became a thing. And Jamil's like, I'm serious. Like, I'm looking for barbers. So all you have to do is get this done. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get this done. Like, right. this is a real thing. So a week before Clever Summit, I still had not gotten a deal done. And I'm like, I got this is crunch time. Like, I can't. He made a YouTube short about saying, if you're not here, you're missing this man get shaved on stage. And I'm like, I can't make Jamil look like a liar. It's already all over the internet. So I, um, I started waking up an hour earlier at four, and I, I, would, I would start working from four in the morning till about ten o'clock in the at night because I was doing four hours of real estate and then twelve hours of like accounting. And um, one day, an, an Astro student brought me a deal, and I had a feeling I was like, I'm this, I'm working this one. And I was able to get a buyer that same week and I got everything assigned in EMDN on April 15th. So then I got, I got a shave. That's incredible. Very cool. It's amazing what, what happens to us when we're put under pressure, you know, they say pressure creates diamonds. Right. Um, and, and that's man, how, how fascinating. So uh, January pressure, pressure makes you get intentional because if you're on the pressure of something, you're like, okay, do I really want to do this or do I not really want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because if I don't, then this is what's going to show me if I don't, if I do, then, well, this is where every every action I take has to be towards that end goal. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. Mm, that's good. You know, so so you've mentioned Astro. We we've mentioned it on on some previous recordings. I'm not sure which which you know uh, number this one's going to be when we roll out. But wait, can you talk just a little bit about Astro? I know it's not really a commercial or anything for, yeah. for us to do here, but just to fill in people that keep hearing about Astro. Yeah, I mean, if you're not watching, I'm literally wearing an Astro hat. Um, Astro flipping is Jamil Damji's mentorship. It teaches you how to wholesale, how to micro flip, which is just being the middleman of two other wholesalers. And um, it just, it literally just teaches you how to wholesale from like a very basic level to even an advanced level. Like if you go to the mastermind, um, that's all it is. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, I'm never going to join a mentorship. And I was one of those people. Sure. And I'm not telling you like join Astro, but I'm saying like, if you're thinking of joining a mentorship or if you're thinking of getting into real estate and you know you need help and YouTube's not doing it for you and you want to learn correctly and join a big community, I highly recommend going towards a mentorship, whether it be, you know, anybody you resonate with. It doesn't have to be like Astro Flipping and Jamil Damji. It could be like anybody you resonate with. Because um, like you look at it like this, you're making an investment in yourself, right? Like, yeah, it, was, it, it wasn't it was like super cheap, but neither was the CPA materials. Like I paid seven grand for CPA materials and I only had them for 18 months. Once I passed my test, I was it. I lost all access to them. I mean, yeah, I kept the books, but the books get renewed every like quarter. 
because they're constantly updating it with new stuff with tax codes and everything. So what, seven grand to take an exam that makes me maybe $90,000 a year uh, in the beginning, right? Or I pay maybe seven grand to make maybe $90,000 a month. Like, you know, what, what, what's, and I have access to people that are doing it. I have ex- access to experience and always coaching calls. So like, that's what I'm super now into mentorships. I just joined another one for a life coach because I needed help managing my life. So I just joined uh, Tanya Oliver's Ultimate Achievers Academy because I needed to know how to structure my day because I was literally in a fog every single day because I was working so hard. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would barely talk to my girlfriend and we'd live together. I'm always staring at the screen. I, I was just like, my, my mom would tell me something and I'd forget the next day. And she'd be like, oh, did you do this? I'm like, oh shit, I for, totally forgot you told me something. And like, <laughs> I didn't like that. So I was like, I need, I need Relatable. to get something. I need to get organized. I need to organize my life or else I'm going to be those one of those divorced entrepreneurs that, yeah, might be happy, but also a lot of times probably not because I'm lonely. So I didn't want that to happen. Man, well, I, I'll tell you this much. If you guys you know, can't tell by now, John's got a lot of energy. And, <laughs> and I I, I'm that. curious to know, you know, you, you were a CPA at one time. Yeah. You know? When I think of CPAs, I think of just these kind of boring, nerdy guys. Were you always this, this um, uh, um, I don't want to say aggressive, but you know what yes. I mean? Like, were you always this much of a hard charger? Yes. I mean, you might say aggressive when I was a kid, you'd call it annoying. So uh, I was, I was That's always, yeah, I was always like high energy, like always moving. I mean, even during tax season, when I'm there, I'm, I'm singing like Dominic the donkey in the back of the office with, and like, I, I sometimes I couldn't stop talking and I'd be like, man, I can't sit here anymore. And I didn't even have a standing desk there. So I had to go take a walk and I'd walk up and down the building. Like literally I'd walk 17 flights just to like move. So like I always, I was always like I liked talking to people. I liked um, just not literally sitting on a desk and just punching at numbers. Absolutely. So I quickly realized accounting was not for me. When uh, so, so when you when you left accounting, I, I remember you went full time fairly recently. You know, yeah. you, you you fired your uh, boss, and um, you know you're now a full time real estate investor. Yes, How's that been going? It's been going great. I mean. So I quit my job. My last day of working was June 23rd. And uh, I had just come back from the mastermind too. And before that, I had not got another deal done since that April 15th deal. So like after that was done, I was like, do I do direct to seller? Do I do multifamily? Do I do single family? Do I pick one market? Do I do multiple markets? Do I do agent outreach and wholesaler outreach? Like, what do I do? And I was all over the place and I was feeling lost. And, um, but I, I didn't quit. I just, I kept going with it. I kept, you know, falling forward. And then I went to the mastermind, which was a perfect thing because everything I had thought I was I wanted to do was confirmed there. And then there I had a one-on-one with Jamil and I told him my plan for going forward. And he agreed with it, which is strictly do agent outreach, uh, get louder, get on social media, get louder in the Astro community and um, only focus on one market, which I started doing. And right after the mastermind that next month, I was able to close five deals. So I didn't get a deal done from April. I knew I was quitting in May. I gave my boss a two-month notice, and um, I didn't get a deal done again. And slowly, some part of my brain was like, hey, man, you don't really know exactly what you're doing yet, and you're quitting your job, and you haven't got another deal since April. You sure you want to do this? And then (laughs) I kind of sat down, and I'm like, 100% I want to do this. I feel like this is a test. This is a test from God just saying like, 
how bad do you want it? Do you really have faith in yourself? Because I'm going to see if you have faith in yourself by keeping you dry until you go full time. And that's what happened. And then two weeks later, I get I get like I think I got like three deals assigned. So it was like just just I had all the faith in the world in myself. That's incredible. Let, let's talk mindset, man, because at some point, you know, I don't know if you were a CPA reading Think and Grow Rich and, and yeah. stuff like that, or um, w- w- when did that happen and how did that happen? How, how did you, uh, you know, switch your mindset from one of an employee to where you are right now? Hey, I, again, I'm going to reference it back to it. Astro, man, like the reason why I, I say it, I, I'm not telling people to join this course. It's just one of the things that literally changed my life completely. Like I thought I was going to take five years to quit my job because I had a, the, the, you know, the old school way of thinking, like, let me buy a duplex now. Then maybe I'll stack it into a quad the next year. Then maybe the next year I'll get eight units. And then the next year I'll get 16. And then maybe I could quit my job after year five from quitting it in five months after joining Astro. And like the first week is literally mindset. I was like, I always knew I wanted to do something myself. I always knew I wanted to like not be an employee, but I was never like, intentional. I was never, I would never visualize. I would never meditate. I was not, I was on mindset. I was like, your mind is like, whatever you say is, is going to happen. Right. But I was always also of the firm belief that I'm not negative. I'm just realistic. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And um, obviously if you say that and you're being negative, you are realistic because whatever you say yourself is going to happen. So if I was kept saying, oh, I'm positive and I'm realistic, I would be, everything would be positive, you know? But um, I didn't really shift my mindset until I got into the week one. And then I started looking into it some more because I was like, oh, the secret. Yeah, okay. You know, like kind of that. I mean, you still have to bust your ass and do the work. Right. Which is still true. You got to take massive action, but you're taking massive action intentionally in a specific direction with a single focus. Before then, I'm just taking, I want to say massive action because I barely took action at all to get out of my job. But um like a ship with no rudder. Exactly. I'm just kind of floating in stagnant water, but like, I'm, you know, I'm still in the water, but I'm, I barely dipping my toes. But then I got into the mindset and I started like looking into it. I started reading Think and Grow Rich, which was like, I think it written like 1930 or something, 1920, oh, yeah. whatever. And then I read like Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural. Then I listened to like Ed Milet podcast, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay, like all of these, uh, Earl Nightingale, like all of these mindset people. Um, they all start saying the same thing. And I'm like, so if, if, if Napoleon said this in 1930 and then like Wayne saying this in 1990 and then is saying this in 2022, and then you got hell Elrod saying the same thing. And you got all Ed Milet, all of these people. I'm like, how is this not set? And so like, this is real. This is proven things. The things that separate everybody that make it all the success is literally one thing. And it's your mindset. Other than that, that's the only thing that separates us. That's what separates us from animals, from, 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 from monkeys, right, is, is the ability to control our mind and have self-control and, and self-awareness uh, and, and to have thoughts, like, like thoughts that we can act on. Like that's what's really separating us from, from, from the animalistic um, nature that we, you know, as humans have. So are so, you always a reader? No. Did, so the mindset's what got you into reading? Before I started getting into mindset, the only books I ever read were my accounting textbook in college and my <laughs> CPA textbooks. Other than that, I didn't read a book. Interesting. And I, how many books have you read now? Um, right now, I think I've read, I think I'm like eight. I was like, he's got to count his bookshelf. I'm looking at, because I, 
I have a stack of books I haven't read yet that I wanted, and I have a stack of books that I've already completed. Gotcha. I keep so I like seeing those me so people think I've read them all. It <laughs> <laughs> makes you look like, right? He's like, damn, you've read a lot of books. Like, John looks like a designer with all the bags in the back. I know, right? This yeah. is my this is my side hustle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I sell them on the streets of New York City. John, what's what is a book that you've referred the most to other people, and why? I think there's two books. Well, there's two books I haven't read yet that I'm probably going to refer to more than anyone. But those are two podcasts right now that, and these two people wrote books. So, Ed Milet, both. One of them is uh, Colin O'Brady. Watch that episode. And then his book's called The 12 Hour, 12 Hour Walk. I haven't read that yet, but uh, what, probably one of the best podcasts I've ever heard, ever. Um, and then the other one is um, Tom Tom McCarthy on Ed Milet. And he wrote a book called The Breakthrough Code, which is my next book. And he's all about your subconscious becoming your superconscious. That was another mind-bending podcast. Uh, but the other books are either Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza and The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. So you went from no books to now you're just naming off all of Barnes and Noble. So pretty much, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all I read now is I don't even read real estate books. All I read is mindset books. Like right now I'm reading uh, The Law of Success by Napoleon Hill. So how has that affected you? Like how has that affected your business, the, your change of mindset then? it's affected my business and my personal life. So like my business has been like, I'm super intentional in my business. And if I ever hit like a rough patch or a defeat or like just like a slow dry patch, I'm like, cool, let's go. Cause I know something great's happening at the end of this. So let me just keep pushing through. Cause this is, this is now a learning moment. So let me, let me see where am I going wrong and look at it like that. Not like, why is this happening to me? You know, like where do I need to improve my efforts so I could then come out of this even better than I was when I got into this. So like now I'm thinking like that, you know, I'm being intentional with everything I'm doing. Uh, and then also like meditating every every single morning and then personal life. Like and I tell the, Jamil this like every single like day, um, I'll just shoot him a text sometimes. And I'll be like, dude, this is the most at peace I've ever been in my life, like ever. Like I'm, I'm genuinely just so happy all the time. Like, yeah, I could be super stressed. Like I'm a little like right now I'm very like not overwhelmed, but like at the point where because I just built and building a team now and still managing my outreach. And like, you know, have other people now depending. So there's a lot going on and we're in a shifting market. So there's a lot that I have to focus on and figure out. And if it wasn't for the mindset that I've accumulated over these past few months, like I, I would have been burnt out. I probably would have, I probably would have quit by now. So what form of meditation do you do? So I usually on a perfect day, I'll wake up in the morning. I, I wake up at four in the morning. I'll do some like breathing exercises. Uh, then I'll journal. And then I will do, um, my first meditation in the morning is I'll just keep my hand over my heart and like I'll, I'll feel like my heart beating and then I'll just like visualize my heart beating and feel the space around my heart. So I'm really, and then I feel like myself breathing through my heart, not through my lungs. And then I just focus on something like, I usually focus on like my grandma because she's like the last grandparent I have and like, you know, means the world to me. So I'll just visualize myself just like hanging out with her, giving her a hug, taking a walk with her, just hanging out and just like feel that immense love that I have. And then it just like I feel my heart swell up and then I just like release it. And then I start visualizing on what do I want to accomplish right now? Maybe I don't visualize super long term. Maybe there's something I want to accomplish in the next 90 days. And I just visualize that happening 
and also visualize a process of me going through those 90 days and it actually happening and feeling what it would feel like. So I do that in the morning. So and what yeah. are some things that you journal then? So journal, I'll go like, I'll talk about what I did yesterday sometimes, or if I have feeling a certain way, like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this, this and that. Um, or this happened yesterday. It was a great day. Or I just canceled this contract. This is why. So I'll just journal whatever on my mind. Uh, or sometimes I'll do like little, um, exercises like two days ago i just did the seven levels of why and mm. i mean that that took me like an hour like that was that was a lot more difficult than i thought it was going to be because you got to really dig deep and like yep. yeah once you start getting stuff. five and six it's like oh, oh my god I'm like, what do i say now i feel like i want to repeat myself so i just like, i'd be like why why is this important and i'm just like sitting there like this and i'm like shit and then it, it took me like an hour but it was a very powerful exercise can you break down really quick for the listeners that aren't familiar how the seven levels of why work? Yeah. So you start off, you're like, what do you want to accomplish or, or what's important to you? So you start off with what? You say what's important to you. And then the next question you ask yourself, well, why is that important to you? Then you answer that. Then you well, why is that important to you? And you keep going until you hit seven. Sounds then, way easier than, than it, it, it does. And then you read, then you go back and you read what's important to me. And then you read your last why. And you're like, holy crap. Oh, I didn't know about that last part. That's new to me. Because you just, you skip the steps and you're like, because that's really the root of everything. Like sure. that is important to me because of that. That's insight. That um, let me ask, what's, what's the greatest lesson that you've learned so far in real estate? Hmm. That's a really good question. The greatest lesson I learned is. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make more mistakes than than you're you're going to be successful. So like, if I send out a hundred offers, I'm only gonna maybe get three of those, right? So you just gotta be persistent and consistent. So you gotta learn how to deal with rejection. If you could really learn how to deal with rejection, and still keep coming every single day, you're gonna eventually obtain success. So persistence and consistency. And that just goes not even just in real estate. It goes anywhere, any for anything in life. Like absolutely anything. Absolutely. How does one learn to deal with rejection? I think you have to first. First, you have to have a really strong internal environment, like really get deep down. Like, you know what you want, you know what you're doing. Right. And then you also have to just have that strong mindset. Like, I know it's going to happen. Right. So when I get rejected, well, why did I get rejected? What was the reasoning for it? And then just roll with the punches. I mean, you're not like when you go and ask out a girl, right? Like they're not always going to say yes. And when you get rejected from a girl, are you never going to ask another girl out again? Or if you're, if you're a girl or if, if you ask out a guy or any, any anybody you like and they say, no, are well, you just going to stop? No, because you, you, we deal with rejection a whole lot, right? We have always been, our parents might reject, like, we're, we're young, we want cookies. No, you can't have dessert until you eat your broccoli. You know, so like you've been dealing with rejection your whole life and we've managed, right? So it's like, why all of a sudden, once you get that first rejection, it's kind of like a, it's a, kind of like a relief because you're like, yes, okay. So I've seen what it's like. It's not as bad as I thought. Like people, are like, I'm afraid to jump in the water. It's like, because it's freezing cold, right? And then you jump in, you're like, actually, it's not that cold now that, now that I thought of it. It was colder staring at it than was actually being in it. For sure. So, I just think if you're just like, 
I know what I want to do and, and why I'm doing this. So like every no gets me one step closer to a yes. If you have that mindset, then rejection is just something that you have to go through because that's what it is. You have to go through rejection in order to get um, to be successful. That's just at the end of the day. Like I think Denzel Washington said, um, if you're not failing, it means you're not even trying. Because to get something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. So, so when you got into the business, though, were you I mean, did you already have that mindset in terms of rejection, like like looked at it that in your perspective that you have now? Or was it more of a thing that you had to learn from being in the business? I mean, I knew I, I knew like this was. I felt once I joined Astro like, and I, I started understanding wholesaling, I felt like a missing piece kind of just get put in place. So I knew for a fact that this is what I needed to do to obtain what I wanted to obtain at the end of my life. So um, so once I felt that, I was like, I, I know this is where I got to be. Like, I just felt it. Right. So I was like, I'm going to be fine with rejection. I know it's going to happen because we're, we're always taught that. But when you first get the rejections and you get lots of them, you're like, um, you're like, shit, actually, this one hurts a little bit. But then you're like, OK, but why am I doing this? OK, this is why. So let me let me just keep going. And then you get rejected again and you're like, oh, man, that stinks a little bit. But OK, let me just keep going. And then you just keep going. You just develop that. And then every no is just like instead of it smacking your face, it just like this glances off you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and then you just wipe it off and you just keep going. And like I have a quote above my desk. It's a Bruce Lee quote. And it's like just saying like defeat is a state of mind. You know, you're not defeated until you accept defeat as a reality. So just don't accept it as a reality. And you're you're temp technically never going to be defeated ever. And that. then you just got to look at rejection as just a learning process instead of a rejection. I did something I wrong. That. So what did I do wrong? I love that. You know, I think sometimes, you know, as wholesalers, wholesalers especially new ones, it, it's hard to kind of keep that kind of stuff in, in into your brain because, yeah. you know, you don't think about all those successes that you endured through when you're facing that rejection. You know what I mean? You don't think about when you were learning to ride your bike, you scraped your knee, yeah. you know, it, it, all the, everything in life, you, for the most part, you have to be bad at it before you're good at it. And, you know, the older we get, you know, that kind of the ego comes into play and a lot of stuff comes into the picture and uh, it makes us second guess ourselves, or we start thinking about how other people are going to view us and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's really good insight. I love that Bruce Lee quote um, because it's, it's true. It's spot on, man. Um, that's phenomenal. Not failing equals not trying. I love that you said that. Um, that, that yeah, really listen cool. to that. Denzel Washington fall forward. That's the name of the speech. He gave it, I think, at the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, man, I love that. I, I heard it and I listened to it like eight times that same day. Denzel Washington fall forward. Awesome. Yeah. Brother, do me a favor. I, I want to, we, we've been spending a little time in the light. Let's, let's dive in the darkness a little bit. I want to, <laughs> I want you to walk me through a, a dark time in your business, you know, some, something, something that happened that's probably relatable and how'd you get through it? Yeah. So, um, August, I think I canceled eight contracts. Um, Ooh. and I canceled three on the same day and I all felt three, all three had a buyer at one point that then just wound up backing out when EMD came due. So that was tough because I had gotten eight contracts locked up that month and I canceled all eight of them and all three, there was three that I had to cancel all on the same day on a Friday. So it was like smack in the face after smack in the face after smack in the face. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening? I was like, I'm, I'm on a high. Like I just got like 
I just got like four contracts accepted one week out of out of twenty offers. I was like this is amazing. Like I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna sell these things. And then it didn't sell. And then I had to cancel. And then it's just like holy shit. And then um, one of them was just a, a, a deal from hell. Um, so how I got back from it, it was like I'm not gonna lie. Like I was super. I even texted Jamil. I was like, dude, I just canceled my eighth contract this month. Like holy shit, dude, this sucks. But I did something wrong, so now I got to figure it out. So let me let me try to see what I did. So I let myself be like upset for like maybe thirty seconds, and then I looked up at Bruce Lee's quote. That's why I keep it above my computer, and I'm like, okay, I did something wrong. What did I do? Because this is happening for a reason. Um, it's just to make me a better wholesaler, just to make me understand the market more. Because we were going through that shift, so it was a weird period. Make me better at comping, maybe a little more conservative with numbers. Um, and like the way I got out of it was, I just again, I just kept the same mindset, like. I need to learn something because I did something wrong. Clearly, I did something wrong. I, I had eight contracts accepted and I couldn't sell one of them. That's me. That's not the buyer's fault. That's not anybody else's fault but me. I did something wrong. Maybe I got greedy. Maybe I didn't run the numbers correctly. Maybe I didn't understand how much wood frames suck in Florida. So I just had to figure out, like, okay, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And then literally after that horrible month, Mahmoud, Mahmoud Issa, another Astro student, came to me and he was like, Hey man, after I did the secret weapon challenge with Jamil, he was like, Hey man, you know, I like the way you do acquisitions. I I'm obviously good at this one. If you don't know Mahmood, he's just like, he wakes up in the morning, eats cereal and then assigns yeah. a deal and then goes, and <laughs> and assigns a deal. So the dude was a machine, right? He goes, I'm, I plan on like pausing my business and I, I want to partner with you and let's, let's make something in Tampa. And I'm like, hell yeah, let's do it. So then, wow. I was like, let's, I'm, I'm excited. We're, we're, we're spending time together. We're, we're building this, the infrastructure, the, the everything. But I had to take a month and a half off of money-making activities because I had to focus on something else. And that felt weird. And I'm still kind of coming out of that, that like, because I just trained my team. They just started this week full-time, no training. So now I'm getting into helping them and also making my own calls and then figuring out. So I'm still not 100% out of the rut that I was in. So it's been like a little bit of a weird period, but I'm very hopeful and excited for the future. And I'm just maintaining him the same th mindset again. Like before yeah. I went full time, I went through a super dry period of like, I mean, what was it like three months or, or two months or so. And then something great happened when I kept faith in what I was doing. So that's what I'm sticking with the same thing. Something great's about to happen because I'm keeping faith in what I'm doing and I'm just keep going forward. That's it. I'm, I'm going forward only incredible you know you like see it, it as a like the momentum right because that gets talked about a lot and like for me like Aisha knows this like if i don't work one day like it feels hard almost the next day to even kick back and get going back into the, the rhythm of things so i can't even imagine a month and a half off dude was that when you started getting back into it from a month and a half i mean how how did that work essentially because i mean like when you say you took a month and a half off was that literally no calling no work no 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 i still Cause I would okay. wake up every morning with like 75 follow-ups cause I was crazy with my follow-up game and um, I would do them and I would try to do them all before. Like, cause then me and Mahmood would be on like 11 o'clock. We'd be on a zoom and we'd start hammering away, like building the systems, building the workflow and everything, getting everything set up for the team and making sure all of our you know T's were crossed and I's dotted. So when they started, we look very organized and we're good to go and we have everything, you know, so I was still doing some follow-ups, but I, I couldn't be doing too much. So I went from speaking to like 40 to 50 people a day to speaking to like 15 to like 20, 25. 
So mm-hmm. cutting it in half almost completely. I would only do follow-ups. I wouldn't be doing new outreach really. And I had to do that or else I would have been, I would have drowned without right. a doubt. I would have drowned. So as much as it hurt me, I had to do it. And now I'm getting back into the, to uh, like follow-ups and, and agent outreach again and calling. And um, I mean, there are days I wake up, I'm like, oh shit, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, I kind of don't want to do it, but now I, I need to do it. And I'll just right. come here and I'll just, I'll just turn out calls, but then, you know, also helping my team still. So still in the middle of a training process, but eventually once they're, they're good to go, I could just start just hammering away at the phones. Like I like to do. They, uh, it, a lot of people say, um, partnerships. So this is what I've heard in my, my past business dealings. Partnerships are the only ships that won't float. You know, a lot of people are real negative on partnerships. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like in real estate, like the partnerships, you know, can, can flourish. It's almost like they have an opportunity to flourish a little better because we kind of need one another. Um, what's, what's been your experience so far with, with being in partnership? I mean, it's been awesome, dude, because I don't have to worry about talking to buyers or selling deals. Like as soon as it gets locked up, I throw it on the Trello board and then Mahmood and Dispo takes it and they just run with it. And if they have questions, they ask me. So, yeah, I mean, you're not getting like 100 percent of the deal. You know, you might be getting with everybody out like we might be getting 35 percent each of a deal. But I'd rather 35 percent of a watermelon than 100 percent of a grape. Yeah. And that's not my quote. That's Tim Brotz. If you don't know him, if you like multi- Tim Brotz, I've been quoting that for months now. I had no clue. Who it came Dude, from. Yeah, that's Tim Brotz. <laughs> At least, I mean, I've only heard it from him on his videos. And I was like, he, that's what he talks about when he talks about like partnering up with people. And it's so true because I could do so much more with Mahmood and a team than I could by myself. And also not only that, let's say I'm like, let's say it's, it's my birthday or my girlfriend, not my birthday. I want to take off my birthday. Let's say it's my girlfriend's birthday. Right. Or my mom's or my grandma's. And I'm like, hey, guys, I'm not going to be able to work today. It doesn't stop. It still goes. It's a machine at that point. Right. So I might get a deal assigned when I don't even work. So that's another thing. Like you, you're going to give yourself, you're going to get, you're going to get your freedom back. Like I might be trading, I'm trading equity in a deal for, for time. I'd, I'd make that trade every single day. Absolutely. So dude, I mean, you're moving now, you know, you've got good momentum, even though, you know, you're, 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 building the momentum back up but it's not yeah. going to take obviously long and then whenever you 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 get to the the space where things are jiving you're going to be way you know faster than where you were before would you would you like let me ask let me ask it this way do you have any specific goals in the near future that you're trying to achieve near future like what like 90 days a year yeah let's say in the in the next year in the next year, um, I have my two acts. They both, I still have their W-2. Um, I plan to have them quit their jobs by making enough money for them to quit their jobs. Uh, in the next year, we plan to have the business make um, a little over a million dollars gross gross sales. We plan awesome. to get 500000 in the next um, 90, 90 days. That's our goal. Our 90-day goal is five hundred grand in assignment fees gross. And both of our acts quitting their W-2 jobs. That's awesome. Um, that's that's the 90 day goal. And then my at the, at the year mark, I want the the, the company to be a machine uh, to where I wake up one day and I'm like, hey guys, I'm gonna go walk for 12 hours. And if you watch that podcast, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. Go walk for 12 hours. Um, my phone's not gonna be on me or anything. Crush it. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And then two deals get assigned. 
as, wow. as, I'm, as I'm walking out, out of nature by myself. So that's the goal. I want any year us to have crossed the million dollar mark, have both of our acts quit their W2 jobs, and then um, just have my wholesale business be almost passive at that point. What's life look like for you in five years? Five years, I've retired my parents completely. They don't have to work anymore. Um, I, bought, I bought them a house on the beach. I own uh, a little over around 2,000 units. Um, and five years, I've come up to around $250 million net worth. It's incredible. It's awesome. Aggressive goals. But listen, you shoot for the stars, you land on the moon, right? Right. So I'm shooting for the end of the galaxy. Why not? 100%. Yeah, I love hearing other people's yeah, goals that like make that. me uncomfortable. I love that. <laughs> I mean, listen, when you tell people like the first, when someone's like, hey, I'm going to be a billionaire, right? They're like, okay, sure you are, right? He did it, right? He becomes a billionaire. Grant Cardone, he's on his way to a billionaire if he's not already. He didn't come from a family like like a billionaire, you know what I mean? Like when he says it, how many people believed him? Only one person's got to believe you and it's yourself. So if you right. firmly believe it and you just hold true to that and just and feel like it's happening, it's going to happen. Like a lot of things that have happening in my life recently, I've felt already. Like when I spoke at the mastermind uh, a couple weeks ago, before Jamil asked me to speak on it, I was in my kitchen every morning, making myself like avocado toast or oatmeal. And I was speaking at the mastermind to myself, talking in the kitchen to myself. Um, before you knew you were going to. You, I told my girl, the day Jamil asked me, I, I went to my girlfriend outside because we had a, a, an executive call with Jamil. And I go to her, I was like, I'm speaking at this mastermind. I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking at this mastermind. And she said, okay, okay. I get on a call two hours later. Jamil's like, has my team reached out to you yet? I said, no, why? He's like, I want you speaking at this year's mastermind. <laughs> I said, dude, that's so friggin' funny. You know what happened? Like I, so now I'm starting to feel like I'm feeling something. Like I just spoke on something else, uh, the elephant challenge, right? And I was watching it before and I was like, why do I feel like they're going to ask me to, to, to speak on the next week? Two hours later, I get a call from Chris James, one of the hosts of, of, the, of the, the accountability call. He goes, hey, man, uh, do you want to speak on the on the elephant oh, challenge no. about your process in two, uh, two weeks? I'm like, dude, so funny. I had a feeling you were going to ask me that question. Don't ask me how, but I just had a feeling. I so, got like, you. you get intentional about it. And not only that, like I don't just think like I'm going to do this. No, no, no. I literally talk to myself. Like I have – like if you watch me out of the window, if you're my neighbor, you probably think I'm crazy. Because I'm spreading it out, just talking to myself and shut my eyes. And, but it works because I feel right. it. I feel what it's like to have that accomplished. When I had my beard shaved, I felt it. I felt the razor on my face before it even happened. It hurt more in real life than it did in my <laughs> imagination because it was a dry razor. I thought he was going to like literally Dang. clean shave me. But, dude, it still happened. <laughs> it's like they should have dry face. shaved you with a full beard? Like a razor, they just they just did like they were, they were cutting my hair. I literally thought the guys would bring out like that just popped out a box cutter. Head. All right, let's get it going. Yeah, I'm like shit, this hurts. Yeah, and they didn't give me aftershave. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> so, saying you want something and and like feeling it are two different things. That's why a lot of people say affirmations don't work because if you just say the words, it's not going to happen. If you say the words and associate a feeling with it, that's a different story. Dude, so true. God, I can tell so many stories about the things that have happened in my life. Where, where it's crazy. 100%. It is. 100%. It's crazy that you felt it coming and it came, you know. Um, man, we, we, it seems like when you're intentional and when you're on path, 
the universe just aligns, you know, yep. things just happen the way they're supposed to. And you feel it like you feel like you're on, you're doing right. And you can also feel when you're off path, you know, yes. that's when the anxiety comes in, the nerves and all that stuff. Um, man, that's awesome. Let me ask you what John Galan, what is your superpower? Oof. You know, it's so funny. I, another thing, dude, we literally were talking about this at the, at the Airbnb and the mastermind, people were talking about their superpowers and, um, I was like, you know, I don't even know what my superpower is. Like, I know when you know, you know, right? Like, I don't know really what my superpower is. What I think it is, is just, I think I pick things up really quickly and then I'm able to explain it to people very easily and have people understand things that maybe took them a while longer. So I think I'm really good at, 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 at teaching people or, or I think that's it. To be honest with you, I haven't really figured it out. Yeah, dude. I, really I mean, just from my observation of you, you're a hundred percent a giver. Like you really, really are a giver on another level where most people would make excuses. You make it happen. You know, like where most people say like, no, I, I can't call you now. I'm too busy. You'll answer your phone. I um, try because I know there are going to be people listening to this like, oh, he hasn't <laughs> answered my phone yet. Like I still got like 200 messages. I got to go through on text messages alone. Um, I try when I'm not super overwhelmed with like, when you're on an airplane, right, you have to put your mask on first before you help the person next to you. When my mask is on, I'll answer my phone all the time. But when my mask is dangling off and I'm, I'm trying to pull it, pull it tighter, I can't answer my phone right now. And, and right now, just on where I'm at, building everything up, my mask isn't fully on yet. So when people call, hey, you got time for a five-minute conversation, I might not answer that text message for five days later when I was like, shit, I forgot to answer that guy. Yep. But <laughs> when I'm in person or if we're on a call together, it's a different story. Uh, you have my full attention. So, uh, yeah, I love helping people. I mean, my main goal is my purpose. I believe my purpose in life is um, to change the poverty line in the world. And mm. the way I'm going to do that is by teaching financial literacy to underprivileged neighborhoods, building schools there, and having those schools reinvest into those communities. And eventually, the stat I care about is not crime went down, drugs went down, all this stuff. It's 90%, 95% of the residents of that community that were there before my school came to that community are still residents of the community now that is flourishing. So like, that's what I want to do and teach them mindset, teach them real estate, teach them all this stuff. And uh, I just have a huge vision and a goal. And that's why I don't, I don't ever quit because if I quit on myself, it's not myself. I'm quitting on all the thousands or hundreds, thousands or millions of lives that I plan on changing by me accomplishing my goal. And one of my seven levels of why was, like, why do I want to do this is to, is to show people like money's made up, society's made up. Like, this is all made up shit. Like, you realize that, right? Like, the world we live in is literally made up by us over the years, right? 100%. What is money but paper? Like, why, why are we suffering? And why is, is there like a division of, of like comfortable, comfortability and, and like in life because we don't have this, this, this green paper, right? It's just made up shit. Everything is. So like when I could, I need to accomplish everything I want to accomplish at such a high level to be able to show other people like you could literally do whatever you want. Like we're living in a made up world. Don't limit yourself for no reason. So then eventually everybody could achieve what they want because everybody got a purpose on this planet. Right. And if everybody knew what their purpose was, the planet would be heaven. It'd be heaven because we would all be doing something we're supposed to do to better this work earth. Right. But 99% of people don't know they have a purpose, don't care to find out they have a purpose or don't think they could obtain their purpose. That's why only certain people are changing the world. And that's why certain things or shifts are happening. But if everybody figured out what their purpose on this planet was, 
we would literally be living in, in bliss and peace. So my my goal is to show people, find your purpose, accomplish your purpose, just like I did. It's possible. And this is how you do it. What is your purpose? My purpose is to so literally like all those all those neighborhoods that are like impoverished and, and underprivileged where once they get gentrified, like everybody gets forced out of their 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 apartments and where they've been living their whole lives. Right. I'm trying to eliminate. I want to literally teach those communities only because everybody else has the opportunities and has, has the, the the chances in life to, to accomplish what they want. Right. Or at least have an idea or get a good paying job without struggling so much. So I want to try to eliminate that struggle over there. Um, and literally, like I said, rebuild the communities without gentrifying it and, and forcing people out of their places um, and teaching them how to, you know, if they want to do a business, all right, cool. I'll invest in your business. Let's go bring it to me, bring it to my, my, my school, teach them the, the literacy. Cause you don't know about taxes and stuff until you're in it. Right. You don't know about anything really that is supposed to benefit you except like, do I care about the Canterbury Tales now? No, but I learned it in high school, but I didn't learn how to balance a checkbook. So I'm teaching everything from from mindset, which is the most important thing in the world, to financial literacy and to just achieving. Don't give it up on your purpose, or your dreams. And I want to create 10,000 millionaires from these underprivileged neighborhoods so it could have the trickle effect so that they could go ahead and not me personally changing the poverty line of the world, but me being the kind of the 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 like the starter that, that gives it the push and then everybody else, it, it spider effects like spider web. And then it just changes because there's enough money in the world for everybody to be rich, to everybody to be millionaires. Money again is made up too. You know what I mean? Like right, we're right. supposed to be divine beings created from God. Just like living like, like heaven should be a place on earth, but it's not, right. it's, it's too much division, too much hatred. So what I want to do is I want the world to be a happier, more abundant, prosperous place than it was when I came in here, when I leave it. And wow. you could, anybody could change the world. Anybody could be somebody that does something. It's just, yeah, it, it might be super, like people listening to this might be like, this dude's full of himself. Like there's, this is too big of a, of a bill to like, no man, it's not. I'm telling you right now, it's not. Nobody's really been like, people have, but like you have to be super into it. You know what I mean? Like firmly believe you're going to do it. I feel it all the time. Like I shut my eyes and I envision it. Why the change that I, I can make, that I plan on making. And it's not to be loaded. It's not to be like, oh, well, I'm a billionaire now because I've done right. all this stuff. And no, no. It's so I want to see the relief on people's faces when they realize they don't have to stay in the struggle anymore. Hmm. You know? So as you can tell, I'm passionate about it. Yeah. I, I want to dig a little bit deeper on that, man. Where do you think that purpose comes from? I think it just comes from wanting to – you know what it is? I don't know. God it's your purpose. You're here for a reason, right? So there's a, there's a, there's a reason we're here. I, I don't choose that reason. It was, it was given to me, but you have to dig deep inside and be like, get really introspective to understand what my purpose is. And I think I just realized what it was. So that's my purpose and that's my path. And I know what my purpose is. Now I got to find the yellow brick road to get me there. And I found it through real estate. That's incredible. Man, Tanner and I were just talking the other day and we were saying, you know, what's funny is out of all the things that we've done in life, looking back, this is the only thing that it's not that quitting isn't an option. It's, it doesn't, it's not even there. Like it's not, you know what I mean? Like there's no, it's not, it, it really isn't there's an no option. Doubt. It's not that it's an it's option not, yeah. that I don't want to pick. It really isn't. It doesn't exist. Right. It's like people like, you're like, oh, that sucks. Oh man, why don't you just go get a job? 
what dude i'd rather get i'd rather get kicked in the nuts a million times yeah from, from from real estate than you know putting on golden handcuffs again yep yeah there's no there's no quit and that's what we were talking about it's like it doesn't feel like there's even an not like it's not even in reality like in this business and it's it just stems a lot like you said from the mindset and the growth um and that like your yellow brick road like me and I remember like when we first one of the first conversations we had when we first met was that we both don't look at real estate as like the end goal. We just look at real estate as the opportunity, use real estate as an opportunity to be able to do exactly what you're talking about, providing, you know, giving back to the community and, and using that money to allocate, you know, a way for better life in your community in a way. And now whether like we just are the last episode we did, you know, the guests wanted to give them like a certain amount of money to like preserve the ocean. Right. And so there's, there's gotta be like, a why essentially and so like your why is again giving you know making the money not to keep obviously the money to keep's great but you know to give back um and so that's extremely important for people to understand like that's your why and that's what keeps pushing you and yeah. that's what keeps driving you and that's why you're gonna be successful and so when you say i'm gonna make 250 million or my network's gonna be 250 million to you that doesn't sound crazy and that's all that matters that's like, right. like when when jameel talks about his thermostat his financial thermostat was a hundred million and pace was like mine wasn't even close to that but jameel when when brent asked him about it jameel broke it down and said that's just what i believe my value is in the world yeah and so like for you 250 million net worth to you that doesn't sound crazy to someone listening to this to be like 250 million i couldn't even do 250,000. yeah but to you it doesn't sound unrealistic and that's all that matters and that's what's important for people to understand by that is you ultimately make the decision of what you're going to be and so if you set your if you set your goals, like you said, at the end of the galaxy, then you're going to get to those goals at some point. You just don't know when, but you're never going to quit. And you're never going to stop. So um, that was powerful stuff, dude. Yeah, man. And like say, what you just said, too, that's why you guys are going to be successful as well. Like there's no quit in you. This is like, why? Why would you quit? I mean, you have something else you're fighting for. And like you just said, the last guest was, was trying to fix the ocean. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we all have a purpose. Like, his purpose might be to preserve the oceans. Right. And I know somebody else that's trying to build schools in Africa. I'm trying to do something in, in another. So like everybody's got to, you know what I'm saying? You see how the pieces start fitting. Like if everybody did their purpose, the world would just be whole and just be like a happy place that literally is like heaven on earth is it would be a real phrase. Right, man. How so. powerful dude. Well, let's land this plane, John Galan. So John, I've, I've always heard your name, John Galan, but you, Catchy. Yeah, well, it, it, you said it differently. I've, so obviously, I've been saying it wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, I've my first like for a short last name like that. I've had so many different like pronunciations <laughs> of it. I've had uh, Galan, uh, Galen, uh, Gal Galen. Um, what else? I don't even know other ones. Somebody oh, really yeah. mentioned. I, I told it, yeah, but it's Galan. Galan. John Galan. John Galan yeah. Okay. Okay. It's funny. But Gallon, wait, what'd you say? Did you say Gallon? No, no. See, I can't even keep up with them anymore. <laughs> John Galan, yeah. Galan and Galan, those are the two. Those are acceptable ones. When somebody calls me uh, Gallon, or I don't even know where Galen comes from, to be honest with you. I don't know. There's no Y in in, in my last name, so I don't know where Galen comes from. <laughs> it, it, it happens. But um, yeah, Galan or or I, I was always in college and the teacher like, John Galan, I'm like it's Galan. I would say that every class. 
<laughs> at least your first name's John. You don't have to live life with a name yeah. like. So that. when I introduce myself to agents, I'm like, "Hey, this is John Galan," because I can't say John. There's so many damn Johns in the world, you know. So it's like, yeah. at least you have an it. You have a unique name. That is very true. They're gonna meet on the phone. You know what I mean? Hey, this is Aisham. Oh, I know who you are. Man. I've, I haven't. I haven't spoken to another Aisham yet. Right, right. <laughs> and I probably never will. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, right, you don't have to say your last name. I got to use my full name. <laughs> that's true. That's a good point. I, I love the perspective. Um, yeah, and that's what everything's about. Life is all about perspective, right? 100%. 100%. I, I saw this meme, and, and I'll, I'll get back on track in a, in a second, but it's such a good meme. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it, but it's it's two two guys standing on a road, and in between them on the road is a number six or nine, depending on which way you're standing. And I don't, man, that was so powerful to me. It was such a good visual representation of perspective because even though, you know, to that one person who's looking at the six, he knows he's looking at a six. He would go to war and and bet his life and everything that that is a six. It's so obvious to him, you know, but the other guy would say the same thing about the nine truly. And, and both of them would be right. That's the fascinating part about perspective. You know, yeah. Um, but if you just take a second, are you about to say it? Oh, please. No, you, no, no, you you finish it. Yeah, if if you just will take the time to walk and get the other person's perspective, your whole paradigm will shift, and, mm-hmm. it, and now you see. Oh, I see what you see. But uh, a lot of us, it, you know, it's it, it, it's challenging. We just want our perspective. We want to be right, you know. And so, anyways, hundred um, percent, man. That, that's. That's what everything too. You mean like everybody's beliefs and stuff? Like it's just their own. That's what they. Everybody's different. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody's coming different ways. So like I might view something as one way, but you're like, oh man, I had a bad experience with that. I view it as so different. Like, well, enlighten me. Like, let me let me see why do you view it that way instead of like, come on, dude. Like you're so wrong. Like, and it, the biggest thing is that is like politics. And I don't get into politics. I don't talk politics or anything like that because you're not allowed to have an opinion if it differs from the other. Party, regardless of if you're, if yeah. you're you know what i mean there's no such thing as the middle for some people i i'm in the middle but like it's it sad it's sad to see that like that's the biggest division it's the lack of perspective or, or at least the lack of willingness to to take a chance take, take a look at the other person's perspective 100 and, and in terms of real estate you know there's a lot of um folks out there that man you know john galan he's white of course he's successful Aisham Hipshire, he's got a polo shirt on. He's got money. Of course he's successful. You know, there's all these little excuses um, when in reality, if, if, if those of us who are making those excuses will just try and gain perspective, your whole paradigm could shift. That's it. Um, John, I'm going to ask you one last question in, in closing. Um, it's one of my favorite questions. Um, and I hope you, you dig a little on this one. Don't, don't give me the, the surface level stuff that um, I could Google and, and get the I'm, definition. I'm interested in this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not that bad. What is your definition of success? My definition of success, you know, I've actually never thought of that before, mm. funny enough. My definition of success is just obtaining happiness. I mean, like everybody's different with success, right? Like, some success could be measured in dollars. Success could be measured in laughs. Success could be measured in smiles. So it depends on like, what's more important to you. Like some people might be okay with hundred thousand dollars in the bank, as long as they spend every single day with their family and you know, they could be minimalist lifestyle. Success is, is, is really achieving, achieving what you want in life. What did you want to achieve in life? What are your, what is your main 
goal in life and just achieve, achieving that. And a goal doesn't have to be monetary. Um, it could it could literally be anything like just making my dad proud. You know what I mean? Like then you're successful if you did that. So achieving your main goal in life, I think is if you're successful. If you're able to to say what you want to do something and you actually do it, that that means you're successful. You want to go ahead and start a family and have 10 kids and, and live in a nice house and, you know, maybe work three days a week. Awesome. You're successful. If you're able to get it, you're successful. So I think success is literally should be defined as achieving your goal and just being happy. I love that, dude. When you said success is happiness, I got chicken skin. Chicken <laughs> skin. I love that. And that's so good. And it's so true. Um, so I mean, I heard that before. Uh, somebody said on a podcast, success should be measured in smiles. And I mean, like, think about it. You have all the money in the world, but you don't have any smiles around you. You're going to be sad. It's not, you might be successful in society's eyes, but you're not going to be successful in your own eyes because you're just going to be miserable. So success is the balance. Absolutely. Man, John Galan, thank you. John Galan. There you go. <laughs> Galan. <laughs> thank you so much for your time, brother. I mean, this this has been incredible. And for any of you who are like, look, that was great. The mindset stuff's awesome. Um, but but give me the tacticals. I will say, like Google John Galan, Galan. Dang it, bro. I'm still used to all it. You, can, you can still say Galan. All right. All right. Yeah. So Google John Galan, G-A-L-A-N. You're going to find uh, all kinds of good stuff for sure. Definitely go on the socials. Um, John, yes. where can people find you? What markets are you in? How can people get in touch with you? Yeah. Tampa, Tampa Bay is where my primary market. So like Hillsborough and Pinellas counties. Um, and I also have buyers in Orlando and Polk County. So if you want to, if you want to send a deal, if you want me to, to sell one of your deals, you could send it to snap flip overflow at Gmail. So snap S N A P F L I P O V E R F L O W at gmail.com. I love it. Email designated strictly from micro flips and co-hole sales. And if you want to, I do put out content now. I'm doing a 90 day challenge for myself where I have to post on my Instagram every day for 90 days. Today is currently day 19. So if you want to go follow the journey, I put up real estate tips on there, mindset tips on there. Follow me at uh, John, J O H N underscore Galan, G A L A N 12. Beautiful, brother. John, thank you again so much for your time. Um, man, I, I can't, I know we're supposed to, uh, kick it next week. We'll be in Phoenix together, man. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. I'm excited. Absolutely, brother. Well, thank you again for your time and, uh, guys stick around because we've got more and more and more, um, incredible, incredible people to talk to. We dive deep into mindset and this podcast can, can truly, truly change your business. Um, if you just stay consistent and give it time and stay close to the fire, you know, stay around people who, um, have and want the same things that, that you want. Um, and this is it, you know, you may not have friends that talk real estate. We'll be your friends. You know what I mean? It's all good. Uh, so, so keep coming back. Um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everyone. 
What up guys, thank you for watching or listening to another episode. And look, here's the deal. If you got value out of today's episode, we kindly ask that you subscribe and like and get this bad boy going. And look, if you're in Florida, we're in Florida. That's our marketplace. And we wanna help your deals get to the finish line. So if you got any deals that need help with Dispo, send us an email. We're at deals at unwindinvestments.com. You can also submit it via our property submission form online at unwindinvestments.com slash deals. And guys, we want you to be the next guest on our show. So get out there and hustle and grind and let's get to work. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.